Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. Hump Day here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. We're back. It's going to be a full week of the Sports Talker. Uh, Again, Trevor, another perfect weather day. There's plenty to talk about. And for those waiting and itching for me to talk a little bit more about Kentucky football, I think today may be the show for you. The Governor's Cup luncheon was today where uh, both uh, Coach Stoops and Coach Petrino from Louisville uh, spoke to the media today. Although the the Governor's Cup game, uh, last year's game, is still closer to this date than the 2015 game, Uh, they they still talked. This is a, a... an annual tradition that they do around this time every year. Of course, back in the uh, prior to last season, the game would be the first or second game of the year. So we'll talk about what Mark Stoops had to say, uh, what Bobby Petrino had to say, and we'll talk a little bit more about UK football as we're not too far away. We're within 100 days of both the NFL and college football season starting, uh, which seems like a long way away. Hopefully it'll fly by, uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, John Calipari, he will have a press conference with media members tomorrow. Um, so we'll, we'll spend more time talking about what he had to say, what what he will say tomorrow. But he had some interesting tweets today, so we'll touch on that. Uh, so also NBA Finals start tomorrow. We find out where American Pharaoh will start uh, during the Belmont for his chance at glory, triple crown race. Uh, and also, we may get into some other um, strange topics on the show like we so often do. Trevor, how are you today? I am excellent, and you are on the air. We are not listening to the first seven minutes of Doug Gottlieb's 4 o'clock hour. So everybody's hearing me, and they're not hearing Doug Gottlieb wondering what the heck happened? Uh, yes, that is correct. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? That is for the uh, the fan to decide. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So far, no complaints about listening to Doug Gottlieb, so I- I'll take your word for it. Um but plenty to, plenty to talk about on today's show. Uh, I, I got there. There, Cats Illustrated is covered with content, and, and there's uh, there's quite a few um, basketball recruiting stories. So I feel like I've I've had a pretty solid week of of work. Um, so that that's kind of the the setup for why I'm saying today I got into a, a pretty lengthy debate with some of my friends, Trevor, about some. And again, remember you have to remember this is summer radio, so we get off topic a little bit. Uh, so this is going to be something we're going to talk through throughout the show today, Trevor. Best action movies. Um, several of my friends have weighed in and said this this one movie is their favorite, and it makes me kind of want a new group of friends. Uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say what movie it is on the air. Uh, th- there's it, nothing you can say that's more embarrassing than anything I say on a regular basis. No, I mean, this is uh, – here's the thing. This movie, which I'll I'll – I'll, re- I'll I'll say what it is here in a little bit. This movie is a, a great movie. I like to watch it. Um, it's very popular with with kind of my demographic, uh, and I'm sure it's popular with other demographics. But uh, it kind of came out when you know a lot of kids my age were probably hitting puberty and uh, liked these type of action movies. And it, it's a fun pump up movie. I, I guess you could say that it's an underdog movie to an extent. Um, it's a it's a great movie. It's a fun movie to watch. But if anybody considers it the their best and favorite action movie of all time, um, I I don't know if I'm going to take their movie judgments very seriously. Well, damn there, Mysterio, you got me wondering what it is now. 
Do you have any guesses based on the, the, the criteria that I said? Until you said underdog, I was dreading the fact you were going to repeat the words fast and furious, but I don't think that involves an underdog. I might be wrong. I don't have the uh, lack of brain uh, capacity to sit through that entire movie. So. No, this movie is a thousand times better than Fast and Furious. Okay. It's a good <clears throat> excuse me. It's a good movie. And if anybody, if somebody said, "Hey, I really like this movie," I'd say, "Me too. I like it a lot." But for somebody to list out their top three or five or ten movie lists and to have this one, maybe debatably even on three or five, I guess if you snuck it in towards the bottom of your top ten, that would be okay. Uh, but not only to even have it on your list, to have it at the top of your list, this top action movie, it is just uh, mind-numbing for me. And remember, it's it's. I, I would guess maybe it come out, came out around 2002, 2003, around that time. Hmm. So we, we, can, we can talk about it more later on in the show, but if you have any other guesses, let me know. Uh, 2000, oh, man, I'm trying to drop that. So you're in the vicinity where I was just turning 21. And uh, the only thing I had in my mind was why why I'm so hungover from the night before. Uh, Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiator is the movie. You're right. Is it really? It is. Okay. It is. That's a movie uh-huh. that I like, but is I don't like for two reasons. One, I think it's a little overrated. People think, I, I guess, describing kind of the way you described it, people think it's the end all be all movies. And the only other reason I don't like it is it's spun the whole. Every remake or, or ripoff of it, like Troy and 300 and anything that you could make off of it, which Hollywood does all the time. I mean, when they had, I think, Twister came out, you saw 19 natural disaster movies follow it. But uh, that's the only other reason I kind of always disliked that movie is because it, it gave me what still is now going on 15 years of of Roman-like movies that get cheesier and cheesier every time. But my buddy's son is named after the main character, Maximus. You have a friend that is that named their kid Maximus. His mother named him Maximus. He was unaware of the child till it was three months old. <laughs> so somebody named their kid Maximus. Yes, she named it Maximus. He goes by Max, but he his full name is Maximus. Oh my goodness! Yeah, nice. the kid's got to go have a hard enough time with going through middle school to begin with, and not knowing he's named after Gladiator. Yeah, wait. I would love to see that moment of realization, not when he is. You know, nine or ten realizes that his. Oh no, he's he's thirteen. He's thirteen now. Yeah, he's thirteen now. He turned well. He turns thirteen in in this month, actually. <laughs> Eventually, he's gonna get smart, this kid, and he's gonna turn twenty-one. I guess maybe you're not smart at twenty-one, no, or maybe he's gonna, I'm thirty-five maybe he's be, and still lacking intelligence. <laughs> maybe he's gonna be twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Maybe he's gonna have a kid of his own and, and think to himself, "Wow, I was named after a movie." Russell Crowe, nonetheless. Uh, Russell, I was named after <laughs> Russell Crowe's character in a very cliche, kind of corny movie. Yes, uh, and, and one that's, uh, from what I understand, is not very uh, historically correct either. No, the the <laughs> not you know. I hope this isn't going to be a spoiler for anybody that hasn't seen Gladiator it's been 15 yet. Fifteen years. I think you can throw spoilers out the window. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, okay? Is that the time frame? If there is one, it's way past it. That's your limitations. Yes. It's past. Okay. Uh, he fights the emperor of Rome in the gladiator pits in the last fight. <laughs> that would never. You know, I minored in history, and I I know you studied a little history, Trevor. Uh, that's that. That's not accurate. That never happened. Yeah, and now while the uh, the jo- uh, Joaquin Phoenix character is based off an actual emperor, I, from what I've read and done homework on, 
they portray him completely different than how history actually portrays that emperor. Well, you know, that's that's to be expected. Well, yeah. But, I mean, they, they took it above and beyond by having him go and fight. That'd be like Bobby Petrino heading up to the party deck during the third quarter and punching a drunk fan in the face for booing. You know, <laughs> that's a very good just, analogy, by the way. I like that. It just it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. I don't think Stoops would make his way up to Section 204 to the top and find Randy and punch him in the face for, for yelling at him. Now, the only problem with your analogy is if you could say you say that, but then Ron Artest did do it. Well, he ran into the first row, and it's also Ron Artest. Good point. Well, it's uh, Meta World Peace now, but... Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll talk more of our favorite action movies. Again, I like Gladiator. I just can't see how anybody would put that number one on their top list of action movies. I mean, I could name off debatably 15 movies that are better right on the spot, let alone probably ones that I'm forgetting. So. At least it might creep into my top 10, but it's not making my top five. I mean, I, I'm a little pickier, though, and most of my movies are going to be probably some of the older movies before 2000. I'm just thankful you didn't say Matrix. That, that's one movie. I, Matrix and Godfather are the two movies that people look at me like I'm a leper when I tell them I didn't like. Interesting. Um, I'm trying to, you know, you know, I don't even know the last time that I saw the matrix. It, it's probably, I don't even know if I actually ever have seen it all the way through. I've never seen the sequels all the way through. I watched the original one theater. Didn't like it. People thought I was crazy. You, you, you can't, how can you not like it? You, I, you're supposed to be wrong with you. I was like, Oh, I'll go see it again. And I fell asleep with the second time into it. Cause I was so bored after knowing I didn't like it the first time. And that was the last time I uh, went and saw, I have not seen a matrix since I'm not going to waste my time. The most I know from the Matrix is, at least what I remember, is when they make fun of it in Scary Movie and and those sequels. Yeah, yeah. There's been like twenty of those sequels though, but yeah. But we're gonna talk more movies a little later on. Your, your quick entourage update on if we've seen any more ugly people. We blazed through episodes last night, Trevor. I mean, we were on a mission. We probably got through eight or nine. Not to be confused uh, with me, who blazes during an episode. Yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. I, I'm glad you clarified that. Uh, for my mom listening, um, He's good, <laughs> we blaze through them. No me. ugly people. Uh, on on till tonight, uh, well, the the mission to find more ugly people in Entourage continues. Um, which the movie is getting terrible reviews. But first off, who is reviewing the movie? Two, I want to hear reviews from like big Entourage fans and what they think of it. Because anybody going to that movie, one that didn't watch Entourage is going to hate it. Two, if you kind of casually watched Entourage, you're going to hate it. Three, you could even watch Entourage and watch it all the way through. And if you expect this to be a, a great movie that's going to win a lot of a, a rewards, uh, awards, not rewards, you're you're going to be disappointed. Should it's not probably going to be a good movie. It's probably literally going to be four episodes of Entourage kind of jammed into one um, one plot that they kind of probably have to speed through. So I'm not expecting it to be a great movie, but it is probably it's it's your farewell to to Vinny and the boys. If it's a good movie, though, it doesn't. You don't need to be an Entourage fan to enjoy it. Does that make sense? You can be someone who knows of Entourage but never watched it and probably still enjoy it if it's a good movie without even knowing the backstories. Because I'm sure they explain it in some way throughout the movie. To give you another, uh, I I disagree with you there. I think you're gonna have to you're gonna have to know Entourage at least a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean you know of it, but I don't think you have to be a fan to enjoy a good, especially if it's a comedy, and that's what this movie is. I mean it's it's a comedy show. I mean you don't have to 
know the, all the backstories to every movie that's a comedy to, to go and enjoying the movie. If it's a good, if it's a if it's a funny movie and well done, then the 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 fact that you were a fan of the show should be irrelevant. Well, I don't think it's going to be that well done where it is going to be that funny, but it, there's definitely going to be a bit of uh, you're going to have some benefits of knowing how goofy drama is, how whiny E is, how worthless Turtle is. Hey, someone's uh, got to drive. Come on, give Turtle a break. So it, that stuff's going to be beneficial if you kind of know their background for maybe some of the jokes, uh, but maybe not, though. I don't know. But we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. Are, okay. you, are you going to see it in theaters? Then? Oh, that's official, right? Because I'm still contemplating whether I... Because comedies is a movie I, I I don't I'm not cheap, but I just have problem go, paying the money I do to go see a theater, especially when it's a comedy. When a comedy I don't have to see on a big screen. If I want to see an action movie or something with a bunch of stuff blowing up, Avengers maybe that's more important seeing on a big screen. A comedy I listen I got a 55 inch TV. There's a reason why I have a big screen TV. I can watch a comedy on that in the luxury of my own home and enjoy it just as much as a theater. Yeah, to me I don't really have a preference on movies I I want to see in theater versus the ones I wait, it generally just comes down to whether or not I want to see it so badly that I need to go see it now versus if I can wait, it doesn't matter if it's an action comedy, uh, suspense, scary movie, anything like that. But the plan is for Entourage on Tuesday. Obviously, we have to finish going through all the episodes before uh, we can do that. But, all right, 18 minutes to start the show uh, and not not much sports talk mentioned. Um, so you're telling me the name well, of the Like I said, Governor's Cup today, title. Mark Stoops, Bobby Petrino. I wasn't there for the Governor's Cup meeting. No, no, well, now it is. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We're making our way there. But uh, So the game's 179 days away. They met today. And, again, I wasn't there. It was in Frankfurt, and I, I didn't make it out to Frankfurt this afternoon. But by all accounts, there was no uh, shouting match between the two coaches. And, uh, Bobby Petrino didn't get in a physical altercation with the U.K. assistant. So by that account, I think it was a pretty successful press conference, Trevor. Were you expecting there to be a brawl? Were you expecting there to be a, uh, it looked like a, a happy hour at our place at 3 in the morning or something? I mean, what, what were you, were you expecting something like that? Well, they got, a, there was a big fight before the game. So, you know, maybe well, the bad yeah, boy. Yeah, but before a game is one, I mean, that's, a, that's more emotions riding high than before a luncheon in Frankfurt. Did I leave you speechless? <laughs> you missed the boat. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't expect a fight at the press conference, but I did talk to a few people who were there and also saw a few things on Twitter. You know when Charlie Strong and Joker Phillips were up there, they'd go back and forth. There was some witty banter. They obviously enjoyed each other's company. We were on the same coaching staff back in the day. Um, you, you had some of that back and forth. Supposedly, you don't get that fun banter between Bobby Petrino and Mark Stoops. Uh, they're cordial to one another, but there is a sense that maybe they really don't like each other, not only as coaches, but maybe even as people. Um, so there was no fight, but from people that did cover the event, there might have been a little tension bet between the two coaches uh, during their media day. Do you, do you like the idea of doing this, Trevor? Again, 179 days away <laughs> from the game. Do you like these coaches having one press conference in, in, in the middle of summer? Not really even quite summer yet, but uh, late spring. Yes and no. The press conference part can be somewhat irrelevant. I mean, you can ask. I mean, the coaches, you're going to, you can almost expect the answer you're going to get from every coach with questions. I mean, you ask Petrino, how's Will Gardner looking? I mean, you've got three months till he even comes near a field. What do you expect him to say? Oh, he looks great. He's looking sharp. 
course he's going to say he's, he's coming along nicely from his last surgery. I mean, there's not really many answers to get from either coaching side. I mean, is Stoops really going to pre- reveal who his starting quarterback is today? No. I mean, of course well, not. Well, he had, he had an interesting quote about that. Uh, we're going to head to commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk about that quote. We'll talk about Kentucky's offensive season outlook and some other tidbits from the Governor's Cup. As always, tweet into the show at T Walker Rivals. You can call in. Uh, always love to hear from you at 502-384-1450 on the Oxmoor Chrys- Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line. Um, it's a mouthful. You can call in and uh, and let me know what you think about what Stoops had to say today. And he had some interesting quotes about Patrick Tolls. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once. I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Where's your brother, dude? We just stepped out of the shower. He'll be down in a minute. All right, listen, you guys can't go... Did you just say we? What? Did you just say we just stepped out of the shower? I said he. Right, okay. We're back here, 14 Sports Buzz, first segment full of movie talk, which we're going to continue, uh, top action movies, and if anybody out there, besides my goofball friends, think The Gladiator is, is the best action movie of all time, I'd love to hear your reasons why, although I expect that that talk is going to be quiet. Uh, speaking of Entourage, Trevor, uh, Hannah looked up on Fandango and said that it's got four and a half stars from fans, which is pretty good. I'm sure the critics gave it a much lower rating, but four and a half stars from fans means a lot of fans are watching it and enjoying it for the most part. Yeah, but that people are kind of dumb, so I don't. I don't want to. Don't say. <laughs> I don't want to take complete credit on the, because they got four stars from a 13 year old kid who thought it was funny and raunchy. Uh, I, I like to. I'll, I'll take a mix of the uh, with the the. The difference between what the fans give it and what the critics give it. I'll take the middle between that. That's what I'll, I'll trust. Speaking of dumb, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on the show today, um, about American Pharaoh, and, and as he looks to be the, the first Triple Crown winner since 1978. Did you know that Pharaoh and American Pharaoh was spelled incorrectly? Now <laughs> I, I would never know that because I, I can't spell worth a crap. Now, I know how to spell Pharaoh, and I know that's not the way to spell it now that I see it, but I, I never even realized that it was spelled inaccurately. How is it spelled? Pharaoh, American Pharaoh spells it P-H-A-R-O-A-H, which sounds right. And looks right, but it's and, wrong. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but Pharaoh, as in a ruler in ancient Egypt, is spelled P-H-A-R-A-O-H, so they... They mix the O and the A, 
and I was reading a little bit about it today, whether or not that was intentional. Or they just dyslexic. Nobody really seems to know if it was intentional or not, which probably means it was not intentional. So you're so you're saying they just misspell? Like I guess I don't know if they do. They do like a birth certificate when a horse is born, like a human. And they just they have sloppy handwriting, and maybe their A looked like an O, and they switched them around. No, I mean you do have to submit when when a horse is going to be a racehorse and 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 going to you know be uh, I guess a certified racehorse, which isn't the right term for it. And there's probably some horse horse nerds out there that are laughing at me. But you do have to submit papers for your horse to be a racehorse. And I think they had a, a bidding or maybe a name contest to name him or something along those lines. And whoever picked American Pharaoh spelled it incorrectly, and nowhere along the way did they change it. Yeah, well, what can I say? No child left behind, right? So, uh, I, again, I had never even noticed, and I'm sure uh, maybe this is a breaking news for a lot of people out there that they hadn't noticed. But being, me being a journalist, I'm kind of embarrassed that I never noticed Um no, but it is what it is. Uh, we we talked a little football and Governor's Cup before we went into the commercial break. We're going to carry on. Uh, nothing major was going to come out of this press conference. Like Trevor said, you weren't going to have Mark Stoops say, I guarantee we win nine games. You weren't going to have anything crazy or fun like that. Um, and you weren't going to have, probably have any smack talk between the two programs, especially with the game being Thanksgiving weekend, which seems so far away uh, here today on June 3rd. But you did have an interesting tidbit from Mark Stoops when he was talking to the media, talking about Patrick Tolles. Um, this is what he said. He said, yeah, I said Patrick probably has a leg up. He did some good things in the spring, but Drew is young and is playing better and better every time he steps on the field. He's still going to have an opportunity throughout the summer and throughout the camp to win that job, but Patrick probably has a leg up at this point. Now, this may have not come to a surprise to anybody. It probably shouldn't come to surprise as anybody, but for a UK football program that really probably since Mike Hartline, you've had some debate on who UK starting quarterback was going to be entering the year. This is probably the most certain we've been since then that we know who the guy is. Mark Stoops' comments today make you probably feel that much better about assuming that it's going to be Patrick Tolles. I, I almost go to as far as saying I'll be shocked if it's not Tolls under center for Kentucky's first game this season. And, and as I said back then, uh, as I said last summer, the summer before, as I said every summer, I believe it's very, very beneficial for an offense to know who their quarterback is. The earlier, the better. If a season ends and you already know that a sophomore's coming back for his junior year and he had a great sophomore campaign and he's going to be the guy or a junior coming back for a senior year and you know he's going to be the guy as Andre Woodson did. That is so much more beneficial to a football program and an offense and the team in general. It can even probably trickle down to the defense if you really want to uh, break it down. That's big. And Kentucky hasn't had that benefit for a while. And I'm not even sure they have it this year, but this is the closest thing they've had to it. Uh, the offense probably knows. The wide receivers know. Stanley Boom Williams and, and JoJo Kemp probably know that when they start the season, Patrick Tolles is the guy. You probably don't have the offense split on who it's going to be. Uh, maybe some do prefer Drew Barker, but I would imagine that's likely the minority. It's not like last year where you had people wondering about 
Patrick Tolles, even Drew Barker as a, as a true freshman. Uh, Jalen Whitlow was in the picture for a little bit, Trevor, and also Reese Phillips as the underdog. Uh, you probably had the offense split literally four different ways and, and certainly uh, in a, maybe 30% like this guy, 30% like the other guy, 30% this guy. That's not the case this year, and I think that's really beneficial for an offense to get some rhythm, to get some chemistry, and they're going to have that. Uh, and, and I think Mark Stoops' comments today kind of prove that you will have Patrick Tolles be the guy. The only reason I put any kind of crack in the door of Patrick Tolles not being the starter at Kentucky permanently is to appease Drew Barker from not wanting to just up and leave right away. No, I, I'm not saying – I don't know what kind of attitude he has over the last couple months. Uh, I have kind of come off – he's kind of shown a persona of being somewhat of a – Spoiled bradish a little bit, maybe. Uh, and I don't know if that's true or not. I could be obviously wrong in uh, misjudging him by uh, by seeing just things in videos. But if that's the only reason, I would not want to just come out and say Patrick Tolles is my starter. Because I don't see why Drew Barker or anybody other than Patrick Tolles should be starting for this team after last year. Barring an injury, of course. Yeah, I don't think Drew Barker would go anywhere because you got to look at it this way. He's going to be a... He's going to be a, a redshirt freshman this year, so it's not like he Tolles is. Tolles will be a junior, correct? Correct. Okay. So it's not like Drew Barker's running out of eligibility. Now, I would admit to you that Barker could see. Okay, well, they're already agreeing with Tolles this year. Will I? If he has a good year, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to beat him out for next year. So you could have Barker thinking in the back of his mind, "Wow, I might not be a junior." until I get a chance to lead this offense, I'm going to be riding the bench for a little bit. But realistically, and, and you know, maybe it is fair to question, at least in part, what kind of kid Drew Barker is based on some of his off-the-field thing, uh, issues and, and problems here and there. But that's, that's how a normal program works, Trevor. You come in as a quarterback, and you don't expect really to start until your, your junior year. But, you know, but Barker, that's, that's, that's not what Barker was promised, I guarantee it. Neither was probably Tolls. These are guys that oh. could have gone to bigger programs. And, yes, I'm sorry, I hate to, to burst the bubble of Kentucky fans. There are bigger programs just because you're in the SEC. There are better programs, especially in the SEC and across the country. And he had a chance to maybe go somewhat to a bigger program. I'm not saying he wouldn't have had to sit there as well. But I guarantee one of the bigger attributes of him coming to Kentucky, other than being a hometown city, uh, university, was that he was promised the – if not just the opportunity, but the chance to start almost right away. I mean, again, we can go back to the fact he was on a Super Bowl commercial before ever stepping into campus. He was on. <laughs> well, he was he was on campus, by the way. Well, he was before old, stepping on a field. Excuse me, rephrase. He that. was an early enrollee, <laughs> and you, you kind of covered yourself with that last statement that you made. I can guarantee you, Trevor, he was not promised the starting job. Now, like you mentioned, like you kind of you reiterated, I bet he was promised an opportunity to start. I bet they said, listen, Drew, you know how the quarterback situation is. It's not looking great. You can come in and you can realistically compete for the starting job. There, It wouldn't surprise us one bit if you went out and grabbed it and was the starter day one at Kentucky. But there's no way, and back then I guess it would have been Neil Brown and, and Stoops, there's no way that those coaches said to him, Listen, you're coming in here. You're our guy. There's no question about it. That didn't happen. Uh, I wasn't it, it, in a, it, it, I don't it know. Didn't I, it didn't happen. 
He might he, agree to disagree on that one. No, no, we don't. We, I'm, I'm going to make you agree with me. All right. I was gonna say, how can how can we not agree to disagree? That's that's something that can be done. I always, <laughs> I always, yeah, I always jokingly like to say uh, that I do not agree to disagree. But um, in all seriousness, I was there when he committed, Trevor, and I, I interviewed Drew Bark, Barker minutes after he put on that Kentucky hat, and I asked him what the plan was for him, and he originally said his plan was to redshirt. That's that's that. Day. Day he said the, the it looks like I'm going to redshirt, and then later on when Kentucky kind of had you know they had that two and ten season and things weren't looking good and guys were transferring this and that that's when Drew Barker to the media started saying okay I, I think there is a chance I could start from right I could start right away but his initial plan was to redshirt and my whole point throughout this whole thing and I know you're mentioning the idea that he could potentially not like Patrick Tolls being the starter and he could consider going out elsewhere but this is what you have to remember this is what Kentucky fans have to remember if he decided to go elsewhere Trevor he'd still have to sit out an entire year if he didn't, and, if he didn't go to Division two like uh, uh, Mazakowski. Oh, you think he wants to go Division Two? I don't think he wants to, but I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility if he wants to play right away. Okay, well that that's not going to happen. <laughs> don't say never. Never say never. Maybe maybe if his junior year, Kentucky gets a really good recruit uh, quarterback, and he they beat him out. He gets beat out his junior year when he's supposed to start. Then maybe that happens. But that's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen next year that he's going to transfer to Division Two unless he has another off-the-field incident and gets kicked off the team. Are you saying that it's 100% that he will end his career throughout, it's all throughout as a Kentucky Wildcat? I'm not saying that's 100%, but I'd say it's probably 97%. Okay. Some, something, ha- he's, something has to happen. It's the two things that I said had to happen. Either he has to be beaten out by somebody younger than him when he is a, in two years – so that you know, that's a long way away. True. He has to be beaten out by somebody younger than him, or he has to he has to get kicked out of UK's team by having another off the field issue. And I don't think that's likely. I, I I truly do think he's learned his lesson, and I I think he is ready to. Uh, I hope to he move. has. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to wish ill will upon anyone. I don't want him to beat Louisville, but I don't want him, you know, to have ill have problems happen to him. And the big question is, will they beat Louisville? Now, that game, not for a long time, but but Mark Stoops had very encouraging things to say about Kentucky, and they're different than the past years. You're not going to have a coach ever completely trash his team. Uh, Mark Stoops' first year, that was probably as close as, uh, as a coach. I can remember kind of hinting that things weren't going to be good, but even that had a, a, a bit of an optimist spin to it where he would say, yeah, we, we like what we see, we're still a long ways away, blah, blah, blah. But you're never going to have a coach completely trash this team. But this is easily, reading the transcript and watching the video, easily the most upbeat he's been about a team since he's been at Kentucky. And this is only the beginning of the start of his third year, so you, it makes sense that he's going to get more optimistic as he gets his players in. But he does finally have a group of his guys ready to take leadership roles in the program and he said that uh, this is the best that he can remember the team being at this point of the season. That he they're not going to have to teach as much. They're not have to spend as much time on fundamentals and this and that. And they can actually jump in uh, to to some of the things that they haven't been able to at this point of the season. So that's good news for Kentucky, and I, I think that's going to go uh, a long way. He says UK is significantly better, is what he said. Um, at this point of the season, and, and I think the offense is going to be interesting. 
uh, for Kentucky. I think they're going to probably be the best UK offense that we've seen, Trevor, for at least a few years. A lot of weapons. Um, Stanley Boone Williams had some unbelievable runs last season, and you're getting a more experienced and a much deeper wide receiver core. And Patrick Tolles at times shows shown that he can be the quarterback, also able to run, as we saw probably too much last year. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a versatile offense that really is going to be able to put up some points. Now, that's all fine and dandy, and UK fans love points. If you're going to be a mediocre team, I'd say 9 out of 10 fans would rather be a mediocre team that scores a lot of points than hard, that than struggles to score. But the big question is the defense and what Kentucky's able to do there. You have to remember Mark Stoops, formerly the defensive coordinator at Florida State. Defense is his forte, uh, but replacing Bud Dupree and Zadari Smith is going to be no easy task uh, on a defense that wasn't overly that great well, next who, year. Who's going to step up and be the wide out to be the number one weapon? That was a question last year with in, inconsistency at the wide receiver a little bit. There was obviously good depth at running back. You never knew which one was going to be the one, but there's still some depth with Boob and Boom Williams you mentioned coming back as well. But who is Tozen going to be the target? Who's going to be the guy that steps up this year and is the number one target for Kentucky? I know Louisville has a lot of question marks as well at that position, but at least it has the answer of who it can be possibly stepping up in James Quick. Will he step up and be the consistent guy? That's another question we won't know until the season begins. But with Kentucky, who is it they look at as being the, the number one guy that, that makes the strides forward from last year? Well, I, I think I'd be a bit surprised if you did have one guy really step up for Kentucky. Uh, I, it, the way that this offense, and it, it was that way with Neil Brown, and it's probably going to be that way with Shannon Dawson, uh, they want to play fast, and every coach says that. You don't have a ton of coaches saying they want to slow things down. But they want to play fast. They want to get guys on the field, off the field. And they do have a variety of guys. They've, they've, you've got your slot receiver position guys, the smaller, quicker athletes, and they finally are having some size on the outside. But I, I think most importantly for UK is Ryan Timmons has to be the, not the go-to guy, but he has to be the sure thing. And we've seen that at times in his career, and we've also seen him have some uh, big mistakes, some costly drops, a few turnovers here and there. Um, but he's going into his junior year. He was UK's leading receiver last year. I think he's the guy that has to step up, but there's a lot of other guys that you see uh, that you hope are going to be able to do a lot of good things. And uh, Blake Bone is a big wide receiver on the edge who showed some glimpses. Dorian Baker, uh, the touchdown maker. You hope that he's able to do some things as well. Um, we'll, we'll have to see, but they're they're it's gonna be it's gonna be a deep position, and you're going to have options. So we'll see. Yeah, but you can have depth. Doesn't mean you have good players. You can have you can have, right. you can have a group you know, of average guys. Doesn't mean any one of them are any good. You're right, and there are some guys that need to showcase what they're able to do. Um, if they're able to step up, if they're able to play consistently at a high level, because all these guys that I've mentioned, and, and there are some good freshmen coming in as well, and I'll, I'll get to that here in a second, but all these guys in glimpses have shown that they can make big catches, that they can make big plays, that they can have a, a breakout game. What Kentucky needs to hope for, though, is that they can consistently do that, have four or five guys, have four or five options that – you know, you're obviously not four or five receivers. Trevor can have a big game day in and Saturday in and Saturday out, but all be sure-handed. They, when when the ball comes their way, you have to, you don't have to worry if they're going to be able to drop it. That's been a major issue 
uh, for Kentucky football with the receivers, just, just holding on to the ball on catches they should be able to make. We do know these guys are playmakers. We know if you can get the ball to some of these guys in space, they're going to be able to work on it, uh, be able to work out of trouble, work out at break tackles, and, and move down the field. But you want more consistency in the passing game. That's something that's been missing from Kentucky. And you're right. It's, it's one thing to have depth. It's a completely different thing to have quality depth. I think you're going to see these guys improve. It's not going to be the best passing game in the SEC. It's not going to be the best receiving core in the SEC. But it is getting deeper at this position, depth that is. And, and my theory is the more guys you have, you're going to have some guys that are going to step up. You can't miss on everybody. Not everybody can have off nights. And it will give Stoops and it will give Shannon Dawson a bit more time to kind of evaluate who should get more playing time, who should be on the field. They're going to rotate guys in and out a lot. But you will allow, you will allow Stoops and the offensive staff and Tolst with his preference to kind of zero in on more guys. And you hope through that depth more guys shine through. Uh, but Timmons is the, is the receiver that you have to watch out for, uh, the one that really I think does have to step up. Some of the freshmen that will be coming in for Kentucky uh, next year that I know a lot of Ken- Kentucky fans are are excited about. Jabari Greenwood is is the one you hear uh, a lot about. And and, and, and Gosier, the six-foot-six wide receiver uh, from Florida, curious to see what he's able to do as well. Uh, but Jabari Greenwood is six-foot-three receiver. So they're getting some size also uh, to go with some of those smaller slot receivers. Tim, Timmons last year had 45 receptions, you know, like as you mentioned, led Kentucky in receiving. Coming back after him, your top two receivers don't even combine to equal 45 receptions. Yep, it wasn't. I, I think Garrett Johnson and Doran, uh, the one touchdown maker, Baker. Yeah, the, the, but the touchdown was pretty cool that he did make. Okay, I don't really recall which one it was. He's the one that dropped a couple, uh, dropped a big touchdown against somebody, I thought, in the end zone, though. No, he, he had an up and down uh, season. It, it, uh, he, he, there was one game. Uh, where he really, really shined. Um, I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to think. It might have been that Florida game. He had 19 catches all year, so I'm thinking the one game he shined was the one game he probably had 60% of his receptions. I think it was the Florida game. The Ohio game is the one he had the touchdown. Um, but Mississippi anyways. State's the game I was thinking. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the game I'm thinking about where you, you had a chance to cut it to seven. I think he was in the, in the red zone, and someone dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. And you, of course, end up losing by 14, but it was one of those games where you kept – it was kind of like the Florida years back when Quentin McCord, who had stone hands as well in the Tim Couch days. I remember Kentucky looking at having a chance at finally beating them but fell behind 14 nothing, and just could not make up that gap. It just kept – after that, it was back and forth, score, score, score each side. And it was a gap that never could be re- recovered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there, there. A lot of receivers had some moments where it wasn't great, where they didn't, where they they made some really costly mistakes. Uh, but there was other times where they shine. And again, more consistency is the name of the game for UK's wide receiving core. Uh, we're gonna head to commercial break. We will be right back here on fourteen fifty the Sports Bus. Stick around.
The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. You're not going to find a bang made because there's no such thing. I really did. Your mom. Goodbye. Presented by Allen Electric. Sports Soccer with T.J. Walker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any repairs you need regarding electrical services. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. Uh, this is going to be a short segment, Trevor, as we're up against the 5 o'clock hour. So while I, I say that I will make fun of anybody that has Gladiator as their number one movie, and it's a shame that we don't have Rob Doster on, uh, he'll be on the show tomorrow because he has a very he, he has a unique movie taste. Um, His will be and, Fast and, and the Furious, probably. And, and that that is that is equally as bad. That's worse to to have that, but at least, but it's worse in its own different way because at least when somebody says that they have Fast and Furious as their number one action movie, Rob, you can put them off to the side and put them in their own category as weird and different. Well, but with the some people have different tastes. But with the Gladiator, Gladiator's a good movie. I'm not anybody that has watched it. You know, I think you would be crazy if you said you didn't enjoy it or it wasn't a good movie. But for them to be able to, for them to say that it's number one, it almost is worse to me because then somebody saying Fast and the Furious is number one. Hear me out, because with the Fast and the Furious, again, they're weird. They're just you know they're weird people, different tastes. Uh, which again makes them weird. With the Gladiator, they, that means they have similar tastes with to me, but to a, a degree that they think that this very cliche, inaccurate, and again kind of corny uh, battle movie, warrior movie, is the best action movie of all time. Well, I think, probably, isn't it cliche to say Gladiator is your favorite action movie anyway because it is so popular? Isn't that a cliche in itself? Well, I would say that's too mainstream if you're if you want to go down that road. I mean, I, if, if, I was thinking of some of mine, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little more on the other side of the break, but, I mean, some of mine are somewhat, I guess, considered cliche, possibly, or, or mainstream as well. And it also, I think it also depends on age, too, because when I'm thinking about, as I think about mine, mine are movies that I saw mostly at a younger age that they're in my age group, opposed to Gladiator that I saw when I was 21 years old. Yeah, and, you know, my my movies probably won't they're they're all fairly recent because i feel that i can enjoy action movies better um one that i can remember better and two as i'm an adult and smarter uh they're a bit more enjoyable to me uh, which means you know there's not gonna be any cartoon movies that are gonna make my my top few action movies but i guess you know I, i can talk about how i think it's weird for gladiator to be considered the number one movie but it's probably time that I, I mentioned some of my movies that I would put there, and I don't know if I'm ready to rank them because that's a lot of pressure, and I probably need I probably need a weekend on that to to kind of figure it out to discuss it, the, to get the, the uh, legal paper out, do the pros and cons. But here's yeah, I I would I would need because I would want to be I would want to be right about it, but I can tell you a few movies that without a doubt are better than the gladiator movies when, when, when judging action movies. So I, I can do that one. These, these two are easy and, and these two might be at the top of my list. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, the dark Knight and dark Knight rises are both much better action movies. Not making than my top hundred. 
That's not making your top hundred. Uh, Dark Knight was annoying to me. I thought that movie was. How is the Dark Knight annoying? See, this is you trying to get away from being too mainstream. No, no, because there's no way you could watch that movie and not be entertained. I've watched that movie, and I will still tell you, Jack Nicholas is far and away a better Joker. No, it's not. And I've seen that. I've seen that one. You know, that's actually an old movie that I have seen. The original Batman with uh, Tim Burton's Batman. I mean, it's. You're trying to be different. No, I'm not. I'm just being you, honest. You can't watch the Dark Knight. Uh, you can't watch the Dark Knight and, and say that that's not an entertaining movie. I mean, I guess it's okay. I just didn't find it very that entertaining. I wouldn't. I've watched it. Would I watch it again? No. Would I stop on it if I saw it on the cable network? No. You're I have no crazy. desire to sit through it again. I've watched you're it crazy. once. I, you're trying to you you like that you like saying that when no. people talk about how much they like it you like being able to say well I didn't like it very much no I'm I'm being I'm just being honest I'm not just gonna sit it there and just, say I like it it I wasn't didn't. for it wasn't for me it wasn't for me I didn't yeah. think it was very good yeah, yeah. quit I, just like Batman Begins wasn't very good The Dark Knight Rises which isn't as good as The Dark Knight but still a good movie and still better than Gladiator. Both those two would be above Gladiator. Well, no, I mean, one of them I haven't seen. I guess The Dark Knight's the only one I did sit through, I guess. Or which which Dark- one which one had the uh the overrated uh Joker character in it? That's The Dark Knight with Heath okay. Ledger. Yeah, yeah, the overrated Joker character. Probably one of the best acting jobs uh, that I'll see in my lifetime. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure everybody would say the same thing if he hadn't died, of course. No, I would say that. He was creepy. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't supposed to be a scary movie, but he was a creepy character. He was a scary character. Didn't he was a, it, actually he did such a good job acting. There's at times I was kind of rooting for him. I want to know if there's more people out there that agree with me that don't like Dark Knight. I don't think there's there, many. There aren't. This there is aren't. One thing me and Yates would go at it for hours on, but uh, it, that's one of them. There aren't more people that that uh, would agree with you, and if they are, it's just oh, you, you you can't say. You can't. Cause I, I know the movies, the movies that you kind of like, Trevor, at least to a certain extent. Uh, you know, you you like Gladiator. I like Gladiator. I didn't think it was bad. And I'm gonna go. I've got a, a, a some a list of some other movies. I know you like some of these movies. So if you're on that, like I mentioned, where if you had Gladiator number one, that kind of bugs me because that means you kind of like the same genre of movies. So if you like Gladiator, I don't know how you can't like Dark Knight. Mm. I know they're different, and but it, they're still just equally, not equally as exciting, but both exciting uh, with The Dark Knight being obviously better. Dark Knight Rises is the last one of the trilogy with Bane, uh, which was good, not as good as The Dark Knight. Um, did you see Batman Begins? Yeah, that, was, bo- that, was, that was bad. That was boring. Now, if you wanted to say that one wasn't as good, I, I could understand that. That, 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 uh, that hurt because I really, love, I really love Katie Holmes, but that movie, that was one of the ones I'd rather watch Dawson's Creek with her in it than that. Yeah, good news, Trevor. My mom agrees with you about Batman Begins. But see, I could get that coming from my mom. She, she, she that's not her cup of tea. So, but I, I, she wouldn't also say that she likes the Gladiator. Uh, so I'm okay if you if you don't like Dark Knight. That's that's one thing. But for you to like this certain type of movie and wait, wait, why are Dark Knight and Gladiator suddenly like one A and one B together? Because they came out not, a couple years apart. They're, they're not 1A and 1B, and again, I know they're completely different movies, and yeah. uh, The Dark Knight is a much better and much more well-done movie uh, the, than The Gladiator, but I, I think people that like The Gladiator 9 out of 10 times, or even 99 out of 100 times, will say that they like Batman. I think it, it was both are built for kind of the same audience. Maybe I, you're just I'm a weird get, person. 
Maybe you're getting old, man. <laughs> well, I've already, I've already known that. I'm fully aware of that, and you're getting there too by referring to it as the gladiator when it's gladiator only. But uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I get, like I said, I get, I get, I'm, I have a weird taste. Dark Knight is one of those. I mentioned also Matrix and uh, Godfather. Was not a fan of either of those as well, and I get the dirtiest looks when I say those things because I just don't. I didn't like them. I'm sorry that. I don't fall into the, the the norm of the rest of the sheep of America that think it's the greatest movie ever. And I guess See, if you, and, and listen, if you like it, that's fine. I, I have no problem with it. But it wasn't my cup of tea, so to speak, as you said. You just saying that makes me feel that you're trying. You don't want to be too mainstream. No, because some of my favorite movie, action movies are considered mainstream. I don't know, man. I, I, go back, I, go back and rewatch it, and lay off the funny stuff when you do it. <laughs> no, first of all, that's what makes the movie better. And second of all, if one of my top five movies is Terminator, how does that mean I, I don't like anything that's mainstream? Terminator is as mainstream as they come. And that's it, in my well, top five. The original Terminator. If you were born in the 60s. Well, first of all, Terminator came out in 84 there, <laughs> not 1960. <laughs> I said born in the 60s. Well, I was born just four years prior to its release, but I saw it when I was about seven or eight years old, and it blew my mind. All right, we, we need to head to commercial break. We're going to keep this debate going. We have a tweet coming in from Captain Arctic who agrees with me uh, and says Trevor's wrong, which we all knew that. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll continue the movies. Uh, there's some college basketball. There's a, there's a fun John Calipari conspiracy theory that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, it's going to be some good stuff. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Presented by Allen Electric. Going back to Philly, Philly, Philly. Going back to Philly. I don't think so. Going back to Philly, Philly, Philly. Going back to Philly. I don't think so. Going back to Philly. Wilding, defiling, from Dallas, so violent. Always in the sun. Can't play that always sunny quote uh, enough. That that song, you can play that every time, and it wouldn't be enough. It might it might make the Wednesday sunny uh, rotation about every week, and I'll mix it, it is, in with two new ones. Even though the uh, one it, I played before and I made earlier today was one of my favorite lines about the bang made. It is fantastic. I I love. I smile every time I hear it. I love. I do love the part where he says, "Do you want some?" Because they're obviously <laughs> doing nothing. Yeah. Um, 
Fantastic. So I, I I added to my list of movies that are better than than the Gladiator. And again, this is a very quick list that I I, I throw I, I threw together uh, quickly. I'm going to uh, I'll read some of those first. Uh, <clears throat> I'll read some of those later on in the show. And I've got some other tweets. Uh, the movie debate. A movie debate's always good. Everybody always loves a good. Uh, a good movie debate. So we'll get back to that later in the show. There's some other things I want to get to because I'm going to forget about it. Uh, but for John Calipari, conspiracy theorist, I've got a good one for you today uh, regarding recruiting. And I don't know if it's very professional, Trevor, for uh, the, the basketball recruiting analyst for Cats Illustrated to get involved with some of this stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get involved with it, but I'm at least going to put it out there so maybe more UK fans. Are you are you walking from room to room? No, I no, I, I had to I had to walk to make sure that uh, we're not going to go off the air. But uh, it was a short walk. Why? What did it sound like? I could hear like a door opening and like you almost like moving around. It was like you were walking around the house doing doing stuff around the house as you were doing a radio show. Oh, it it it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have been a, a door opening, but I was. Uh, I, I was walking around, but anyways, we're we're good now. We would hate it if the computer died, Trevor, and we went off the air, wouldn't we? No, that would be worse. You're correct. Okay, uh, so here's the here's the conspiracy. John Calipari went on a, a string of tweets, and you got to remember, everything John Calipari does, there's a purpose behind it. Uh, he doesn't do anything just to do it. So he goes on this string of tweets, and I'll, I'll read them. Uh, and the the words and the phrases they're important, so pay attention. He says today, I'm, I'm always looking for players that want to get better and enjoy the process, process in all caps. That alone in itself could direct you to Jamal Murray, the remaining target for 2015 uh, that we've spoken a lot about on this show, Trevor, haven't we? We have spoken about him uh, numerous times, yes. Okay, so John Calipari's tweet, I'm always looking for players that want to get better and enjoy the process. Jamal Murray's last tweet from 12 days ago, uh, just day a day after he returned back from Canada, eh? after his visit to Kentucky, he says, just enjoying the process with a goofy smiley face. That alone, Trevor, is enough for me to say, I think John Calipari's doing this on purpose. Yeah, I think that's pretty, I don't want to say obvious, and I'm sure if you ask Cal about it, he'll tell you that it just happened to be a coincidence. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's not, let's not fool each other. There was a, there was exact reasoning and madness behind that, that, uh, method behind that madness of that tweet. I'm always looking for players that want to get better and enjoy the process. What is the process, by the way? What, what, what is the, 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 well, we'll, we'll go on with John Calipari's tweet. Okay. He, He says, LeBron James said it best when he said he changed when it became about about the process of being great, not just being great. The joy we all get from the process is what brings us joy while the others bring an ex- ex- an anxiety. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I'm excited just thinking about starting the process of helping this team become special. And that was his string of tweets. A lot of, word, a lot of word, use of the word process in there. A lot of processing, and we're going to process this, what it all means. Well, let's do that. Let's break it down. Well, there's not too much to process, but I, I certainly think that that was a 
hey, look at me, Jamal Murray, type of series of tweets. Um, and I think that we're going I might think I think we may get some news on Jamal Murray here pretty soon. Now I say that and maybe a week's gonna go by and we don't hear anything, and that would probably mean I'm wrong. But one, John Calipari's talking to the media tomorrow. And while Jamal Murray would have to commit to UK like right now and get his letters in uh, as soon as possible for John Calipari to be able to talk about Jamal Murray tomorrow. I was told that John Calipari wasn't going to speak to the media until the 2015 recruiting class was finished. Now, what does this mean? Does it mean Jamal Murray's going somewhere else? Does it mean they missed out on him? No, I don't think that means that. Now, does it mean that he gave UK a silent verbal? That's probably not true either. But maybe Kentucky feels really, really good about their chances with them. Uh, so you do have John, Calip John Calipari talking tomorrow. I, 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 I texted somebody close to UK and asked if this means they are finished recruiting, and they said, no, it's not. That just has been a long time since he's talked. we got to get him in eventually. But there's no doubt in my mind that the first John Calipari tweet, I'm always looking for players that want to get better and enjoy the process. And when you look back at Jamal Murray's last tweet that say, just enjoying the process, John Calipari wants people to know that the process is being processed during this process. Well, as I process this, these tweets in my head, it's, it's, you're right. There's, there's no way around it. I'm sure, as you said, somebody might ask how about tomorrow. You should be the one that does it. Do it. But he's going to probably tell you the same thing. It just happens to be a coincidence. But it's clearly him just saying, hey, you, want, you enjoy the process. I enjoy people who go through the process. Let's enjoy it together. Yeah, uh, there, the more I even like think about it and read it out loud, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, he 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 purposely tweeted out what he did. Now, what what I think, and this isn't necessarily what I'm being told, but I I do think that Kentucky is in a very very good spot with Jamal Murray. If I had to guess, I think he he's going to end up at UK. Um, I, I I just I I don't think there's any way around it, and I also think John Calipari's tweet should make people feel a bit more confident. Captain Ark tweets in and says maybe it means Cal is going to Cleveland, uh, LOL. So he you can't really tell sarcasm on a tweet, but he doesn't really mean that. No, Cal's not going to Cleveland. He's not going anywhere. Um, he he will stay put at Kentucky. We we could we could break down what the process means, um, but long story short, your basketball recruiting update I think is very positive for Kentucky as I, I feel that uh, Jamal Murray will end up as a Wildcat. But, that, you know, it's a fun it's, – it's summer. There's not a lot going on, so it's kind of fun to read between the lines there. Yeah, and just sit back and enjoy the process. Yeah, and sit back and enjoy the process of this radio show. We didn't get to talk too much about Fred Hoy Hoiberg going to the Chicago Bulls. My, my Bulls friend, uh, Mike, who's from Chicago, doesn't like the hire – I think he's worried about bringing in a, a college coach with no NBA experience and wondering how that goes. Again, like I said, I'm more interested from the – we're going to talk the NBA Finals tomorrow. Uh, not that the Bulls are involved, but we'll talk the NBA Finals anyways. Uh, I'm more interested what how this impacts Iowa State, which is probably going to be a top-five team. Uh, they've got a lot of good players. But we're hearing Steve Prom name be thrown around a little bit at, at Murray State. As being a possible Iowa State replacement, yeah, he, he's in the he's certainly in the picture. I see nothing uh, wrong also, with that. 
you have Lindsey Hunter, who was a former NBA assistant, and then Brad Underwood, the head coach at Stephen F. Austin. I remember watching Lindsey Hunter get drafted the pick right before Allen Houston by the Detroit Pistons, number 10 overall. No, that's exciting, Trevor. Out of Jackson State. What happened? What happened to Lindsey Hunter? <laughs> he actually, yeah. yeah, Lindsey Hunter, I think, actually, his NBA career lasted maybe longer than Allen Houston's. He was with the. He played a long time in the NBA, especially with the Pistons. Not a very impactful player is one they, they hope to be as a, as a 10th pick, but he was a uh, long-term player. I think he played at least 10 years in the NBA, if not more. Uh, I don't know if any of these picks or any of these hires would be slam dunk hires. Uh, I know folks would, would hate, and, and certainly in this state, uh, in the western part of the state, would hate to see C. Prom uh, leave, but... But you know it's going to happen. I mean, you don't you don't turn yeah, down yeah, jobs he's from not, Murray State. Yeah, he's not going to stay there forever to begin with. Um, but again, this is this is and you knew that uh, Hoiberg wanted to go to the NBA. That anybody close to him supposedly has been saying that he's been wanting to have an NBA a chance at an NBA job whenever he's wanted. Whenever it would be offered to him, and of course, with it being Chicago, that would be a tough job to pass up as is. But he didn't do Iowa State any favors by by announcing when he did here now that we are in June. Um, you know, I, I think Steve Prom is a great coach. A lot of people that know more than me think Brad Underwood uh, is not only maybe a distant relative to Frank Underwood, um, but it can also coach at Stephen F. Austin. Um, those are good. You know, if they're up and coming, fine, sure, maybe. Uh, they're going to get a chance somewhere, someday. But I think Iowa State could have done better if Hoiberg decided to leave in April. Maybe and and it help your your Bulls fan uh, feel a little rest ease. Hoiberg did spend several years, I think three or four years, as an assistant or in the Minnesota Timberwolves front office and on their coaching staff. So he does have a little bit of coaching experience in the NBA, not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, a lot of early preseason top twenty fives have Iowa State number t- number two. Some of them do, some at number three. Certainly, almost all of them in the top five, um, and they are going to have a good team, but. There's no doubt losing Hoiberg is going to hurt them to some capacity. Um, now, how 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 great of a loss will it be? We'll see because again, we know how much talent they have. Um, but we won't see it this year. We're going to see it a year from now or two years from now. Well, when no, this we'll town see is this, leaves, well, maybe. Well, we'll see what kind of coach he's going to be for the long term. You're right in two or three years. But if he if he can't win with this talent, I don't think fans should be that optimistic. I mean, Larry Eustace was successful for at least a year or two after Tim Floyd left because he still had Tim Floyd's players. Of course, he lost in the set first round as a two-seed to Hampton with some of those players, but nonetheless was still successful for a couple of years, so much so that he was considered the next head coach at Louisville if it weren't for Rick Pitino being fired from the Boston Celtics. Well, but again, what I'm saying is he, if he can't win with this group, I don't think you should be too optimistic down the oh, road. no, no, no. If he can't win with this group, then, yeah, you, you've obviously yes. – Swung and missed uh, clearly, and and you need to go and and fix that situation asap. Even if it does seem like, oh, you only gave the guy a year, maybe two years. That doesn't seem right. Well, you know what? It's not a fair business. If you want, and if you want I, fair. Don't go to into coaching. I, I I think that I agree with you there. Where uh, if he goes to an elite eight, sweet sixteen, or maybe even a final four, the the jury's still out on whether or not he's going to be a good coach for Iowa State for years to come, because this is going to be a loaded team, and like you mentioned, they're going to lose uh, a lot of talent after this season. Uh, but now you do have 
Fred Hoiberg and, and Billy Donovan uh, leaving to go to the NBA? Should should college basketball be worried that the, the top coaches, the, the up-and-comers, I guess Billy Donovan wouldn't be considered an up-and-comer, are going to eventually leave the sport? Is, no. is this bad for college basketball? You also had Brad Stevens do it a few years back. No, because one, Donovan was in college for 20-something years before he finally took an NBA job. It wasn't as if he he was jumping, biting at the bit like some pastimes have and was ready just to go to the NBA as soon as the opportunity was ready. He was in college for – it was time to make the move. Brad Stevens, lot less time at college, obviously, but still a long tenure in college, and it's hard to pass on the NBA job. And Hoiberg, as an example, was a guy that you almost – one, Iowa State took a, a very uh, risky chance at even hiring him because he had little, had no college experience and had little NBA, and a little NBA coaching experience. And in the past, he's one of the exceptions to the rules of former NBA players hired as head coaches that have been successful. Most of them, Isaiah Thomas, Clyde Drexler, have been pretty much failures and fallen flat on their face with no coaching experience. So you, you were lucky and kind of hit a home run with something that was kind of a long shot to begin with. And for him to leave and go to the NBA after only four or five years at Iowa State, even his alma mater, he's an NBA guy. You shouldn't expect that. I wouldn't be start getting worried. It's going to start. Uh, it's going to start a snowball effect down the mountain. Well, if if these coaches can be successful, I think it's certainly going to be something to keep an eye on. And you mentioned that Billy Donovan's no spring chicken. I don't disagree with that. And he took. He, he, also, he took the job. It's probably the best team overall. Team went healthy in the NBA as well. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily would agree with that, but it's up there, and that's you know we don't have to split hairs over that. True. But Billy Donovan, while you while you mentioned that he's no again, he's not new to college basketball. He's not this young up and comer. He also he was probably in a more interesting stage of his college basketball career where he could have stayed and had if they're not going to do this already, then they're probably crazy. But he could have stayed and had statues built at him as Florida. He could have had a Coach K effect. He still where might. He he could have had a Jim Beheim effect where he could stay at that program for 30 or 40 years and really turn it in to something unbelievable. Now, did he already reach the ceiling at Florida? The answer to that probably, unfortunately, is yes. Uh, but that was an interesting just career choice because he could have stayed and been a legend or he could have tested the waters while his stock is still unbelievably high for being a coach that's been around for so long um, and, and chose to go to the NBA. If they succeed, I think you're going to see more coaches do it. And I think Kevin Ollie might eventually do it. You know, John Calipari might still do it, even though he's he's not getting any younger. And you might have younger coaches say, "Okay, well, college is college. It's hard to win. It's it's hard to win a national championship. It's hard to keep a fan base happy. Maybe I'll try my chances in the NBA, uh, where I don't have maybe as much job security, but you have better players. Maybe it can work out. Kevin Ollie's kind of in the Tim in the in the Fred not the Tim Floyd, but the, the Fred Hoiberg uh, category. If he was an assistant in the NBA before he took a college job, he was more of an assistant NBA doing a college job to to keep himself occupied, and he's done a very good job of occupying himself winning a national championship before going to what he wants to be as an NBA coach. And I know that's the the end all be all, and most people, coach will tell you that's the dream is to be coaching in the NBA, except for maybe Coach Kostetsky at Duke, who clearly has turned it down many, many times, and Patino now, who's been, you know, done it twice and probably has no desire to go back. But for the most part, I mean, Lon Kruger was not very successful in, college, in the NBA. Larry Brown was somewhat successful in the NBA, but of course, he's bounced from college to the NBA back and forth so many times. You don't know what's going on anyway. Tim Floyd was a disaster. Mike Montgomery, who was a great college coach and still a solid college coach. It sometimes was a disaster. P.J. Carlissimo built Seton Hall into a power, went to the NBA, and now is only known basically for being choked by Latrell Sprewell. 
Leonard Hamilton was unsuccessful. Reggie Diaz, unsuccessful. The, the unsuccessfuls way, outweigh the successfuls way more than they do the opposite. Uh, and, and allegedly, Mike tweets into the show and says, college coaches will be leaving for the NBA more often. Uh, NBA started a trend of quick coaching turnover, which that's a, a trend, I guess, that's probably been going on for a few years now, yeah. which I think hurts and helps the case of whether or not college coaches are going to be more likely to, to make the jump. On the one hand, if you're a college coach, you have to you have to think that, that, hey, if I don't win there in even a year, but two or three years, they're going to replace me, and, and what do I do at that point? Uh, on the flip side, with this quick turnover, more jobs are becoming available, more jobs are coming becoming accessible for college coaches uh, as NBA teams try to reach, think outside the box, uh, get different answers, get a fresh perspective. Uh, they're more likely to go to the to the college ranks to look for their coaches. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, just what happens with college coaches. Now, now, what are you doing over there, TJ? Now, you're, are you like trying to put up a futon or something? I'm sitting on my couch, Trevor. I think those noises are coming from you. No, no, that's that's coming from your side of things. Trust me. No, there's I'm, nothing. I'm sitting alone in here with the exception of. Mr. Gabe DeBurge and uh, Nick Coffey in the other room getting ready to do inside the press box here in about 10 minutes. You think maybe they're being a little loud and it's carrying over? They could be a little, they could be making some ruckus. <laughs> all right. Well, I apologize for the noises wherever they're coming from. Uh, we have a, all right. Let's get back to the movie debate before we run out of time because this was a, uh, this was a fun one. Um, and we had Billy text into the show that said, Aren't you hating on Gladiator because it's so popular? I'm not hating on Gladiator. I'll say for the thousandth time, I like Gladiator. I enjoy the movie. I'm just not going to put that movie anywhere near the number one action movie of all time. And and my preference, I, I it, when I, and I'll tell you my number one, and it kind of signifies the way I lean towards my action movies. Die Hard to me is number one. I there's I really I, I thought about it for a little bit, and I don't know if there's could maybe some that could overtake it, but the original Die Hard is still my favorite. Which tells you I kind of lean more the action with the one-lining comedies, which Die Hard was one of the movies, along with Lethal Weapon, that really started that trend in the 80s. That's still popular today. I mean, Nicolas Cage made like 30 of them like that. But that's that's I lean towards more that action than I do something along the lines of maybe an action movie that is like The Gladiator or even Dark Knight. Again, I'm not ready to... I'm not ready to say what movie what action movie i think is the best or second best or make my list right now i'm just going to go through down a list i'm going to make a, I, I quickly put together this list of movies and all these movies i think are better than gladiator okay i want to hear this well, I'll, I'll tell you how where you're wrong and where you're right without a doubt and captain arctic says die hard's a very good call again i haven't seen die hard oh, uh, but Lord. i'm going to i'm going to someday um but have you seen any of the die hards no, Inception is better than Gladiator. Yeah, I never, I never got to Inception all the way. What? I didn't get. I went and saw it in the drive-through on a date. It was. I have. I need to sit and actually watch it. I can't judge it properly. Are you a seven-year-old? <laughs> no, I wanted to. No, I just. She wanted to go to a drive-in, and that was the movie showing. That's come on. And, I, and, and trust me, a seven-year-old wasn't doing the things that occupied my mind of, from that movie. That, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right, I, hope, I hope not. If not, high five that seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this uh, Shutter Island is a better movie than Gladiator. Now, whether or not you want to say that's an action movie, that's up for debate. I'm that's, okay with no, that. That's suspense, and that's not a bad movie, though. 
the Patriot is better than Gladiator. <laughs> Want another movie where Harrison Ford runs around asking where his family is? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's okay. I'll pass. <laughs> It's it, well. It, it, it's it's Mel Gibson and the Patriot. Oh, I thought you. Were, I was thinking Patriot Games. I apologize. No, 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 no. The, no that's the even Pat- worse, actually. No, they, those are kind of on the same level. Um, but I, I think the Patriot is is better. Avatar is better than Gladiator. Yeah, you, you're done. We're going to we're going inside the press box right now. We're we're ending the show early, guys. Y'all ready in there? Because we're we're ending this now. <laughs> T- Titanic is better than Gladiator. I, I'm not even going to comment on that because I don't know what's more ridiculous—the fact you put that as an action movie or the fact you put it ahead of anything. I was, oh, I, you think you, I like Titanic was gets a bad rap. I give you that. Leonardo DiCaprio was, was an excellent in the movie. I thought the movie overall, Billy Zane, great villain. But it's not even an action movie. It's a it's a drama. If anything, it's not what because the ship sinks is an action movie. What is, is, is there's a car wreck in a movie? Does it automatically make it an action movie? Well, it, I. It, See, if you don't want to call it an action movie, I'm okay with that. Well, good, because I hope you are, because you might as well accept the fact it's not. You could make a case for it. I mean, a no. boat a boat crashes. <laughs> okay, so Speed 2 is an action movie then, I guess. Well, I guess it is, technically. <laughs> it, it uh, Over 1,500 people died. That's a lot of action, a lot of dying. <laughs> okay. Is Schindler's List an action movie then? <laughs> No, well, a lot you, of people died in that movie too. You you know you know how they're different. But if you don't, if you don't say it's an action movie, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. not here to argue that. Continue. But it's still it's still a better movie than Gladiator. Uh, uh, yeah. All of the Lord of the Rings and all the Hobbits, uh, Hobbits are better than Lord. are better than nine hours Gladiator. of walking a bunch watching a bunch of people walk up and down the screen. No, thank you. Uh, the Bourne movies are better than Gladiator. Actually, I've never seen those because I can't comment on them. I haven't seen Mad Max, but I've heard that's better than Gladiator. Now, are you referring to the original, or are you referring to the remake? The remake. One of my friends said that Mad Max is one of the better action movies of all time. The original uh, Mad Max and the original Road Warriors and the Thunderdome were all three excellent movies, yes. I don't know anything about the new one, though. I probably won't watch it until it comes on HBO. Taken better than Gladiator. I like Taken, but I wouldn't put it above Gladiator. Star Wars movies. Oh, well, you're not going to argue. One, I, don't, I wouldn't put that as an action movie, but you're not going to get me to argue. If that's not an action movie, what the hell is it? It's a science fiction movie. Oh, it's an action movie. Okay, we got uh, Nick's telling me we, we can't discuss Gladi. I mean, can't discuss Titanic as an action movie anymore. We got to go. <laughs> and and the Hunger Games also. Uh, we're out of time. We can, we can carry this over tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Enjoy Inside the Press Box with Nick Coffey after this here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. This is The Sports Talker with TJ Walker. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. KD, good fella. Demi from the Billies. Scales from Nappy Roots. We love our hometown. Let's go. Check it. Now ain't nothing gonna stop me And I'ma stand on my own and throw